right, it is Ursa Moose, Connor, Patrick, and Manny. Super wild card weekend, a three-day NFL event. And I'm liking the three days. I'm excited that we got football tonight as well in just a couple of hours after recording this podcast. But we can jump all the way back to Saturday. And one game was was good, the other not so much. We'll start with the, the Bengals-Raiders game. The Bengals took this game. 26 to 19. And I feel like the right team moved forward in this game. I feel like the the team that deserved to win ended up winning it. Um, what, what was your biggest takeaway from this game? Do you think the, the Bengals are a formidable p- opponent moving forward, Patrick? Or do you think the Raiders were just, you know, not a very, uh, not a real playoff team, I guess? You know, I like the Raiders. I think that, you know, with all that they've gone through this year, I think that, you know, them getting to the playoffs alone was a massive achievement. I mean, you look at it, you obviously had the John Gruden scandal, which was, I mean, completely massive and still ongoing even to this day. Then you add in the Henry Ruggs issue as well, which, you know, polarized the nation. And then you also, you know, people forget a lot of the times Damon Arnett was another one of those picks from last year that, I mean, he got released because he was had death threats against or he's giving death threats to people. So that's another thing that people forget after all that, them making the playoffs. I think this is a very I think this is a young team. Even though Derek Carr is what, like 27, 28 now, he's like hitting like the middle of his prime, probably. Darren Waller, again, is a top five tight end, in my opinion. Uh, I think Brian Edwards is an underrated wide receiver. Uh, you know, again, I think the Raiders, as much as I want to say that they should have made the playoffs, they really shouldn't have, honestly. They were probably better teams. But I think the storyline of them making the playoffs is what makes this team so special. As for the Bengals, yeah, 100%. They're, I mean, that team is dangerous, extremely, extremely dangerous in the fact that they're even younger than the Raiders are. I mean, you look at it, Joe Burrow's in his second season out of LSU. Jamar Chase is in his rookie year out of LSU. Those are both dangerous weapons for the next 10 to 15 years for the Bengals. And if I'm a Bengals fan, honest to God, I'm extremely happy with that. I think that the Bengals really have come around as a team. Again, we all three of us have grown up with them being the laughing stock of the AFC, especially the AFC North. And now that's become the Steelers. Back to my point. Um, <laughs> now the Bengals, I think are in a great position. I think they, they were extremely smart in free agency. Uh, I think they picked up some impact players that really have made this team who they are today, the identity. And I think they're well on their way to becoming a great team, even if it doesn't mean that they advance farther than the divisional, you know, I think this team is still on a great path. And again, it seems like this team is going to be a competitor in the AFC for the next 10 to 15 years, maybe five to 10, we'll, we'll say five to 10 years, be a little bit more conservative, but I mean, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, I mean, again, we've seen how many great quarterback wide receiver duos, not many have come from the same college. So I think I'm, I'm very excited to see where that duo goes, but I think the Bengals as a whole, I'm excited. I'm happy to see them competing again. And again, that adds another team into the fold for the AFC 
and really it does make the AFC the better conference in my opinion. And did you, was there any surprises in this game? It was kind of how you saw things going with the Bengals just uh, overall being, I would say, the better team, the more talented team, and I would say the more talented quarterback, even though Joe Burrow is, is much younger than Derek Carr. I mean, I think the only surprise that I found with the game was initially when just the Bengals were really having like whatever they wanted with that Raiders defense. And I knew the Bengals were a better team. I think we all did. Most people knew that they were the better team, but I just figured that the Raiders would at least hold up a little bit of a fight initially because they were riding that, uh, that wave of momentum. They were beating, they beat the Chargers and then they had another close game prior to that to keep their playoff hopes alive. But again, they, they turned it around a little bit, made it a game in the second half. And again, if it wasn't for that, just, I guess, unlucky throw read that Derek Carr made this game could have gone into overtime and then anything could have really happened. But uh, other than that, not many surprises. I kind of figured uh, the Bengals would win like everybody else. And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess just going forward for the Raiders, it's just, they're not, they're not awful. And it's, and if it wasn't for off field issues that you can't really like say or predict like that's kind of stuff, they, they could have been a better team and probably, maybe even a higher seed if the, some games go their way, but I, they're in a good spot. I think, I think Rich Bisaccia should keep his job. And uh, I think going forward, if they keep him and these key pieces, I think they'll be, they'll just get better. I think going forward. So uh, yeah, not really surprised with how the game went. Yeah. I feel like everyone is in consistent consensus that uh, Rich Bisaccia should keep his job. I would, I would assume so at least, you know, get another year to prove it. I mean, he took him through a, an awful time. I mean, uh, unprecedented time in a, in a uh, franchise's uh, history. And I think he's done really well. And I think you keep him as maybe do two years. I don't know how long you want to give him. Obviously you're probably not going to do 10 after last time you were buried on a 10 year deal and doing that mistake. Hopefully they learn from that mistake. Not rich seems like a good person, but still 10 years is a very long time, but we can move on to, Saturday night and man, oh man, this was a beat down the bills beat down the Patriots and it kind of just felt like they were still mad about that. I know they played them after that one game where they only passed it three times, but it just seemed like it was like getting like that kind of giant out of their way. Like it was like, they've pummeled us for years and years and years. And they just came out there strong, looked really good, but I did not expect them to, to kill him like this. I mean, this was a, a thrashing. Did did either of you, we can start with you, Patrick, but did you expect this kind of turnout of the Bills whatsoever? Again, it's it's been a growing thing ever since Tom Brady left that the Bills were going to take over as the number one team in the AFC East. I believe that Josh Allen, again, we we really didn't know much about Josh Allen coming out of, out of college. Well, you could say high school, too, and college. We really didn't know a ton. He was one of those guys that kind of just blew up like a couple months before the draft and everyone was swooning over him. And, you know, ultimately, he's become an incredibly good quarterback, probably the team leader by a far margin and probably one of the nicest guys in the NFL as well. So, you know, I'm happy for the Bills. I really I really I hope that they continue the success over the next couple seasons. Again, I would say that it is not a younger team, but I would say that it is a team that's right now it's in a Super Bowl window. When you have players like 
a Stefan Diggs, a Micah Hyde, a Jordan Poyer, uh, who else? Tredavious White. Those are guys that are in their prime right now. If the Bills don't deliver another Super Bowl, if they don't get at least, oh, this is a hot take. If the Bills don't get a Super Bowl by 2025, it's a failure. I think it's a failure if the Bills don't get a Super Bowl by 2025 because all those players are in their primes right now. Devin Singletary as well as a couple years out of the draft, and he's playing great. Stephon Diggs, again, is, you know, what, 27, 28, 29, maybe he's like in the middle of his prime, just at the end of his prime, maybe. So I think there's a lot of talent on this Bills team, and I think there's – I think the coaching and the GM and the front office – it's all great. And I think that they have a good understanding of where they want to be. I did not expect them to absolutely thrash the Patriots like that. Obviously I'm so glad it happened because I hate the Patriots probably more than I love the Eagles. And that's saying something Uh, even without Tom Brady, I don't think anybody really likes the Patriots outside of Boston. So to see the bills beat down on them like that, honestly, really good. The only the only thing I'll add is the scariest thing is that Bill Belichick and Nick Saban will be going into their off seasons mad. You know how scary that is that the two greatest head coaches in their respective sports of all time lost dramatically in the national championship and in a pretty big playoff game. That's scary. I mean, you know, we'll see what happens next season, but I'd be shocked to say if, you know, a year from now, we're not talking about Alabama as the national champion. Yeah, and uh, just to add on to that, I think going off of that point with the Patriots, I think like what Patrick said, with they're only going to get better and Mac Jones is going to have a second year and he already played pretty well this year. So you can only imagine what he's going to do in his second year with yeah, expecting the Patriots to get more weapons, any weapons uh, for Mac Jones would be uh, would be helpful because he was just throwing a Kendrick Bourne out there, Myers and Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry. It wasn't much when you're playing against these better teams, the Bills, the Chiefs. You're, you can't really compete, especially when the Bills are on their A game, which was uh, what they were playing that on Saturday night. They played, I think, the first ever like perfect game. They never punted or had a field goal, I think. And uh, it's just that's the potential of this Bills team, and they'll hope to keep that up. And I think another thing which was interesting to me watching this game is that I think everybody, the narrative was around this game that, oh, Bill Belichick has is seeing an opponent for the third time. Like the Bills are done. The Bills have no chances. Uh, Bill Belichick is just going to outcoach uh, Sean McDermott. But it, it was pretty much the opposite. The Patriots were really manhandled on every aspect of the game, and it's just it was very surprising. I thought they had a chance like going when they went down two scores, maybe even three scores. But after that, it just seemed like their offense really couldn't get anything going. And obviously the being at home helped the bills out and that those cold temperatures. But again, the bills, I think they played up to their potential. That's the, that's their ceiling right there. Just scoring nonstop being unstoppable on offense and doing enough on defense uh, for their offense to, like, to really carry them. And they'll, they'll definitely need it now going into these, uh, tougher games while they'll play like the Chiefs, the Titans. Uh, they're going to need to keep playing like this. I'll quickly add this. Right now on Tankathon, which I've looked at way too much for my own mental health, it currently has the Patriots taking Chris Olave, which I think would be a great pick for them. That would be their wide receiver one. And I think, honestly, the, the first real wide receiver one that the Patriots have had 
since Randy Moss, maybe. And it also has the Bills taking Traylon Burks, the that big 6'5 guy from Arkansas. So I think both of those picks would be great for both of those teams. But again, the Patriots right now, they just need – I would disagree with you, Manny. I think this is a team that, need, again, is in their Super Bowl window, but they maybe have a year next year, maybe two years. I don't think that – you know, majority of the guys that they brought in are guys that are aging. You know, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith are, what, 29, 30, 31. They're getting older. Uh, Matthew Judon is another guy that's, you know, hitting the end of his prime. Uh, Mac Jones, he, I feel, I hate saying it, but the Patriots do need to start thinking about doing a rebuild, which is, you know, I don't know if the Patriots would ever want to do that, given how much success they've had. But they really have to think about de-aging and bringing in, you know, getting guys from the draft, from free agency who are younger, who are maybe a bit more unproven or, you know, coming off their first contract. So I think for the Patriots, it's not so much a rebuild, but I think it's a matter of they need to either find players who can help them try and get to a Super Bowl again or you know, admit that you need to start thinking about, you know, bringing in those younger guys. So I'm excited for both teams to see where it goes. But for the Bills, honestly, this is a team, again, that is very dangerous. And if I'm not mistaken, the Bills play the Chiefs. So, But we'll talk about that in a second. And on that that Patriots note, looking like ahead for them, I I think they have – a bright future depending on how certain players progress. I think they will be a playoff team. I don't know how good of a playoff team they will be. I mean, I feel like most people believe that the, the bills will run that division for the next three, four years, right? How it's sitting right now. But I, I think it is dependent on um, just kind of how they progress and how they handle the draft. They're going to hit, they're going to have to hit draft picks. I know that's a simple answer and they're going to have to hit free agency. But the thing is, I don't think, the mindset will be in rebuild mode just because how old uh, the oldest craft is the owner and how old Bill Belichick is. I don't think they'll, especially on Belichick's and I don't see him wanting to hit full rebuild mode. I think that's kind of what we saw this past off season is that he overpaid in certain areas because I don't think he can just sit back and wait five more years. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he'll coach be like one of the oldest coaches ever, but at this we, point, I think he's, do we see Bill Belichick retiring soon? And do we see Josh McDaniels becoming the head coach? It's I mean, not. Let me look up his age real quick, but I'm pretty sure he's in. His... Belichick's like 70. He's like 69. Yeah, he's 69. getting up there. Yeah, he's getting up there. It's still not old. Like Bill, I'm pretty sure Pete Carroll's older. Carroll's yeah, I think he's 70. Pete Carroll's yeah. So both Nick of those Saban, are up age. I can't see Belichick agreeing to rebuild. And in that case, I think Belichick may name McDaniels his successor. Again, we'll have to, you know, I highly doubt that Belichick's going to want to do that in the next year or two. Uh, But it is a very interesting idea to see what happens with that. I mean, that would be, I don't know what the world would do without Bill Belichick in it. It'd be a very, very weird NFL world. And I don't think I would take a while for me to adjust to that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like people in the division will be happy assuming that his predecessor doesn't, uh, is as successful, which thus far coaches that have been branches of him haven't been super successful in the NFL, but we can jump to Sunday Buccaneers Eagles. 
Patrick's probably not very happy to talk about this one. But, I mean, the Buccaneers, better playoff team. I think we we all knew that going into this game. They're, they're faster. They're stronger overall, especially on that defensive side. They're able to handle them pretty pretty easily the, the entire game, a little bit in the fourth quarter, but that's just kind of garbage time at that point. And then the offense uh, on the Buccaneers side looks – Looks very good. I think they're going to be a formidable opponent. We all saw this. I mean, as long as Tom Brady's playing and depending on what those injuries look like to the old line and overall just wide receivers and running back, if they can get some people back in there, I mean, I think they'll be very good. But on the Eagles side, where'd this game leave you, Patrick? Did it leave you sad? Like, where, where was it? Was it like, all right, yes, we, we made the playoffs better than we expected this year? but we still got a ton to grow. I would I would agree with both of those points. So on one hand, yes, obviously it sucks, you know. You know, we made it all this way and obviously you have these grand ambitions and whatever and you think, "Oh, you know what? Maybe there's a chance." And you know, I would say with a better team, I think there was definitely a chance of the Eagles winning this game. Now, on the other side, you have to look at where this team started at the beginning of the season. You had a head coach who had never been a head coach, a defensive coordinator who had never been a defensive coordinator, an offensive coordinator who had never been an offensive coordinator. You had a quarterback who was coming off of a tumultuous, you know, backup and then starter and backup and then starter. It was confusing. I don't really, I still don't get the whole thing, honestly, but Hertz coming into his first true season as the starter for the Eagles, there was a lot of talk around what this team was going to be. And most people expected this team to do bad. And, you know, I'm not going to sit around here and say, I expected this team to make the playoffs. I definitely did not expect them to make the playoffs or have a dramatic turn of fashion where, this team became the number one rushing offense all because we peer pressured the hell out of Nick Sirianni and the Eagles organization into just running the ball, like literally cheering whenever we ran the ball and they got the idea, Oh, maybe we should run the ball. And then it turned out to be the best thing for the Eagles. So in all like in, you know, in all things, I think that the Eagles are still in a great spot. Again, you look at it, three first-round picks. You still have your second this year, your third as well. So that's five picks in the first three rounds. And I think those are five spots where the Eagles could easily draft impact players who could very well be starting next season, to be completely honest. Because, I mean, you look at it, there are – right now it's Devin Lloyd from Utah, Jordan Davis from Georgia – and Andrew Booth Jr., the cornerback from Clemson, all three of those, I honestly could see as starter as starters next season. I would 100% see them as starters next season. So I think the Eagles are in a bright spot. I think that they're, they're probably in one of the best spots for any team that's in this position right now when you have a quarterback who's making under $2 million as a second-round pick it was decent. I would, I go back and forth on Jalen Hurts. I would love to go, I would love it if he had better arm strength. If he had better arm strength and just a little bit better vision, he would be one of the best quarterbacks, I think, in the NFL. I would, I would not be shocked to say, I would not be completely out of the realm to say that. I think he's a great quarterback, a great player, great team leader. I mean, he's one of, he's an Alabama kid. He is built from the Nick Saban coaching or player tree. So I think the Eagles are in a great spot. I think 
Obviously, it sucks what happened yesterday, and the way that it happened was not the greatest thing in the world. But I still think this Eagles team is very young, very bright future ahead of them. But there are also some positions where you're going to have to admit you got to get younger fast, like the lines, because we saw it in 2017. The, re the reason the Eagles won the Super Bowl is because they built out from the lines and they had the best defensive line and the best offensive line in football. And that is ultimately how you win the Super Bowl is the lines. If you if you have that, I mean, you're you're pretty much golden. You're already halfway there. So. I'm excited to see where the Eagles go. Uh, I think that they're going to be a competitive team for the next couple of seasons, but I think the coaching staff have to take a hard look at themselves and admit to themselves that they failed the team and this organization sometimes by not making the right coaching adjustments to help this team succeed. And on the, the Buccaneer side, Manny, was, was there anything you didn't like from yesterday's game? They're, they're pretty dominant the entire time and they're, they're looking like, poised for a possible Super Bowl run. But was there anything that you're like, man, they're not up to par for a Super Bowl level team? It it just stems from the from like their situation, I guess, because uh initially when they started playing the game, um Tom Brady and his receivers didn't seem to be on the same page. There were some throws that he made where he thought the receiver would keep running, but the guy ultimately stopped and it seemed like Brady got a little bit angry at that. Man, they continued a little bit throughout the game, but obviously when you have Tom Brady throwing you the ball, that could only last for so long. Um, but that's the only thing really that were to worry me or that I would dislike about the team, that just the familiarity that Tom Brady has with these new receivers outside of Mike Evans. is uh, It could be a little worrying when you're playing better teams, obviously like the Packers, whoever wins tonight. But um, they'll obviously work on that throughout practice and only get better because they're still in the playoffs. But other than that, I think they played pretty well. That defense uh, surprised me how well they played. The secondary played pretty well, um, covering covering all the Eagles receivers. And, yeah, kind of just confusing Jalen Hurts into making some ill-advised throws. But uh, I think just on the Bucs side, of the, they're, looking, they're looking strong. I think they kind of flipped the switch when I watched them. I thought they were going to come out a little bit uh, – Likes the days ago, and I thought they were gonna. It's gonna be an even game, but it seemed like they just flipped the switch, and that defense turned on. The pass rush was there again, and that secondary just clamped down again. and And it's a scary sight to see. Um, could we be seeing Tom Brady in another Super Bowl? We'll we'll only we'll only see as the playoffs go on. But they they look pretty strong to me yesterday. Moving forward to the 49ers Cowboys game, pretty interesting ending. I would say I think everyone agrees with that. Uh, just a, a crazy last six minutes or so. I mean, on the, the 49er side, which I think we'll focus on for a little bit, and then we'll get to that that controversy. Is they look good. I mean, they look like a very good football team. They they have plenty of players. Debo Samuel uh, on the offensive side could just get chunk plays, no matter how you want to give him a ball, he's going to get yards for you. But then you've got Jimmy Garoppolo who once or twice, maybe three times is going to make a bonehead at play and, and drive you nuts. And then, but the defense looks great. The secondary still has issues, but the Cowboys weren't able to exploit them whatsoever. I thought, so I think this team looks, looks very good. And, uh, 
we'll get to the preview later, but I think they're they're looking like a very good team. They're looking like they kind of like a very Kyle Shanahan-esque team, and they've just got that identity where they can run it down. They'll run on second and 10. They don't care. They'll be able to get the yards. But Mike McCarthy, I think he'll probably still be the head coach somehow, but man, oh, man, that draw play, I assume everyone here reacted kind of like what the heck just happened. What was y'all's thought processes during the the end of that game? Did you uh, think the Cowboys were going to find a way to come back and tie it or I guess win the game as long as they hit the extra point? Or do you, this kind of what you expect them to get close and then just uh, a dumb play called by Kellen Moore slash McCarthy? Um, I think, listen, I mean, when I saw, saw the play, obviously you don't know the play call, but when I saw him just take off of it, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I wasn't going to kill him over it, but just because the 49ers, other than that play, the pre- previous plays before, they were running just regular defense. They weren't covering anybody on the sidelines, and the Cowboys got like 45 yards from that. And then on that play, they just lined up like three guys on the sidelines, and it was going to be hard for them to get out of bounds. So if he would have got down earlier, and if they – I don't know how they didn't know to get the ball to the ref to, to down it, but that's just – that's just being uh that was just being dumb really in that position. And it ultimately just falls down to like the coaching and stuff like that, being disciplined in moments like that for you not to crumble and make boneheaded moves like that, um, which would just cost them the game. I, I didn't hate the play call, but again, just the execution throughout the whole game just wasn't there. You had they had like 15 penalties and in a playoff game, you just you can't win with that. And again, that just falls on the coaching. Some of the play calling was not wasn't there and just the execution again some throws were bad by Dak CD Lamb I think got one reception the whole game that again that can't happen Zeke really wasn't there neither was Tony Pollard but the run game really hadn't been there the whole season so I don't know just everywhere you looked it seemed to be an issue it wasn't really just solely on Mike McCarthy I think the execution really wasn't there um the discipline from the players wasn't there and where the 49ers did everything right, really. They were disciplined. They knew what they were going to do. Jimmy got the ball out quick. It, they ran the ball a lot, and they really didn't take any risks until when it got close where they had to. So, again, I think more than all, I think this is just a case of the Cowboys really beating themselves. When you have that many penalties, lack of execution, you can't expect to win, even especially when the team as good as the 49ers is playing like that. So, again, another disappointing season for the Cowboys and who knows what they'll do in the off season. You really don't know what they'll do in the draft because they'll draft something like CD land when they, when it seems like they already have their offense set. So you don't really know what they'll do. I think they got to fix up something that I agree with you, Connor. I think Mike McCarthy will be there, but they got to do something because this is getting kind of ridiculous now at this point, if I'm being honest, being, this this talented of a team is just losing in the first round. You, you can't have that. No, I completely agree. I think, you know, I think that this the Cowboys team is talented. They have a lot of good players, both on offense and defense. I think what it comes down to is the lack of execution from the coaching staff on training the players. Players, yes, the players at the end of the day are what makes this team. And ultimately, should it be blamed on the players and the coaches? I would say yes. As for the players mainly, I would say Dak Prescott and the center, I forget what his name is, 
failed in acknowledging that the referee has to spot the ball himself before they can snap the ball by blocking him and Jack Prescott in the center, not knowing what they were doing up there. If they just handed the ball and let the ref spot the ball, they could have probably gotten the spike off and gotten maybe a second left or two seconds left. I think that's just a lack of a football IQ or, you know, a diminished one at that to not know that the ref has to spot the ball even though every single first down they have to spot the ball before they can snap the ball. So again, it's just a lack of, it's a lack of game IQ and awareness of what's going on and knowing that, Oh, the umpire has to spot this ball. Otherwise we can't do it. And then them complaining about it in the post game is just further. I mean, it's a further truth that the Cowboys, some of these Cowboys players are immature, especially Dak Prescott, who was, you know, not accept, not saying it was necessarily a good thing that fans were throwing stuff at the referees, but he also wasn't, he also wasn't saying that the refs, or not the refs, that the fans were in the wrong for throwing stuff, which is immature. It's, you know, it, it just doesn't make any sense why he would, you know, he wouldn't, outright deny that the fans are, you know, are doing something wrong. So I think this Cowboys team, they have to really take a hard look at themselves because, again, this is the team that has an aging defensive line and offensive line, and they're still great. I mean, it's not like Zach Martin or, you know, like there's still good talent on these lines, but you have to be able to make good decisions when when those decisions are hard. I think for the Cowboys, again, Mike McCarthy will probably be back. Shockingly, though, I really, I honestly, after that, I would, I don't know if I would bring him back or not. Kellen Moore, you know, as good of an offensive coordinator as he is, he's made some pretty boneheaded decisions and really stupid play calls. I mean, the 49ers literally said, run this ball down the middle by putting eight of their players on the sidelines and basically telling them, Hey, go run down the middle, obviously knowing that they weren't going to be able to get it off. And the Cowboys did it. They ran right down the middle with no timeouts, not enough time on the clock to be able to get it off in time. And the 49ers, I mean, Kyle Shanahan outsmarted Mike McCarthy 100%. He baited him into running down the middle with no timeouts. And the 49ers, ultimately, that's what won them the game. And that's what makes the 49ers the better team, in my opinion. And I think, again, like you said, Connor, this is a Kyle Shanahan team. I think this team has still a lot of good talent. Debo Samuel he oh god it's early in his career but he really looks like a, a fantastic all-purpose player at both wide receiver and running back he's turning into something great Elijah Mitchell is turning into something great I think the 49ers at the end of the day the biggest thing the 49ers have to do this offseason is pick who their quarterback is and I think and I think all three of us know it's going to be Trey Lance but it's a matter of finding a suitable trade partner and trade package for Jimmy Garoppolo, because I feel like he did ultimately prove himself to be pretty dependable quarterback this season and ultimately rose his trade value to potentially at least a first round pick, at least one, in my opinion, maybe a second round pick. 
Sunday night football, Steelers, Chiefs. I don't think there's a ton to maybe say about this game, if I'm honest. I mean, the Chiefs came out dominated like they should. Um, this game, if they're going to compete for the Super Bowl, they need to win a game like this. And they they came out strong. They looked very good. The offense continues to turn. Patrick Mahomes continues to do things uh, that other quarterbacks cannot do. But, Manny, I want to ask you a question. Is the quarterback, like, the the thing that fixes it moving forward? Like, finding your quarterback this offseason, obviously there's, there's different levels. It could be a Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, or Jimmy G. Um, there's obviously lower options out there as well. But do you think that is the, like, biggest – obviously the biggest thing they need to do, but is that the only thing they really need to do this offseason to be a formidable playoff opponent moving forward? Uh, I don't think so. I think I don't think it's as easy, as simple as that. Just because there have been like reports out there saying that like the Steelers are not really likely to trade for a guy like a veteran guy like that. So I would assume they draft one. But again, at pick twenty, I think we have now. You're really reaching, thinking that like a Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, those those guys will be there. And if it's not them, I don't really think they should draft one in the first round outside of them. So then you kind of go down the line of thinking, well, the offensive line had, has been the main issue, I guess, this whole year. You'd have to go with somebody um, in that category, which I would I would love that probably because I think going forward with this in with this instability at quarterback, I think they're going to turn more into a running team anyway. Just feed Najee and whoever else uh, um, the second option is. So I think they're going to turn that at least for a couple of years until they find their guy. But I think this team really needs offensive line, quarterback, obviously, uh, defensive backs, I think, because Joe Hayden's getting up there in age. And you just saw how the Chiefs wide receivers and Travis Kelsey just got open. So I think they need a defensive back and really like inside linebacker just because Joe Schober's getting up there in age and Devin Bush kind of had a down year this year. So if he improves, that, that position will be solid. But I think defensive back, offensive line, and obviously quarterback are really the positions we need because that defense can only carry you so long until guys start getting open and then your defense looks bad. And if your offense can't answer right back, it just looks even worse. So uh, I think, in my opinion, if it's not Kenny Pickett or like Matt Corral or somebody there, I think they'll go offensive line. Um, and then other than that, they'll probably – try and draft a guy late, maybe like a Carson Strong or something, have him compete with Dwayne Haskins, Mason Rudolph. But uh, I don't, they're not going to be a pass heavy team like, like they have been trying with like Ben these last couple of years. So I think it's just going to ultimately make them into a more run heavy team. And hopefully they'll find their guy in next year's draft, which uh, should be a little bit better. Let's move forward to the divisional round. 4.30 on Saturday. Bengals, Titans. I'm going to go Titans. I know it's the the chalk pick, but I believe the Titans can win this game. I believe they're they'll find a way defensively to stop the Bengals enough. I know you can't necessarily. I think this will be an issue just going forward in general. Is that uh, that offense is going to be good? I think moving forward, and it's it's good this year. I think Joe Burrow finds ways to to get the offensive churning, but I think the defense will make a 
splash or at least one splash play that kind of changes the game. And I think the offense will be just just steady enough to be able to win it. They're not gonna not gonna wow us by any means, but I think they'll be steady enough to to get a a good solid win. Not a huge win, probably just like a field goal, maybe a touchdown, but nothing really more I see from that end. But I'm going I'm going Titans here. Who do you guys have? I'll go with the it's I mean we, I assume Derrick Henry will be playing. And if Derrick Henry will be playing, I think this uh this Titans offense or game plan will be to take as much time off that clock as possible and really limit those that scary offense that the Bengals have. So if it's if it's gonna fall like as we see, Derrick Henry will play. And if he is um close to hundred percent, I bet if he does play, he'll be on a snap count. But Either way, you gotta account for him. I think, I think the Bengals will barely. No, not the Bengals. The Titans will re, will barely squeeze this one out. Um, again, they're the one seed just because they're at home, like you said, Connor. And I think, I think they'll just have a better game plan going into this with the week of preparation, an extra week of preparation, and knowing that they're gonna play the Bengals. They haven't played them before, but I think Mike Vrabel will come out and. Uh, surprises a little bit with his game plan and just be very have this team very well prepared and I think their defense will will stand up to this challenge of trying to defend Jamar Chase T Higgins Tyler Boyd all these weapons that they have I think they'll play very well and I think they'll probably win by no more than a touchdown in my opinion so I'm going to pick the Titans to to go to the AFC championship It'll be a great game. I think both of these teams are going to play great. I think it's a matter of what defense is going to step up. I think both of these teams are great. I think with Derrick Henry coming back, oh God, it's tough because Derrick Henry is such a good gener- – I mean, he is a generational player. By you, can, I don't think you can deny that. I think – it's going to be tough. I'm going to say that I'm going to say the Titans win it, but the Titans win it in OT. I'm going to say Titans win it in OT. Man, this is tough. I'm going to say 35-28 Titans score in OT to score in OT to take it. It's going to be back and forth the entire game. I think Joe Burrow is going to have a great game. Jamar Chase is going to have a great game. But I think Derrick Henry is going to have – he is due for a Derrick Henry type of play where he shoves someone, and I really pray for one of those cornerbacks because he's probably going to throw him into the stands, to be completely honest, because Derrick Henry hasn't played in a while. And, you know, I'm going to take the, I'm gonna take the Titans. I'm going to go – I'm going to go with you guys. But I think the Bengals are going to put up a great effort. And, again, this is the team that is very young, very dangerous, and still – I don't even think they're in the Super Bowl window yet. They still have a couple more seasons just because they have such young, dynamic, talented players, and their core is all young, dynamic, and talented. So I'm going to take the Titans, but the Bengals, I think they're on a great track, and I think they're going to put up a valiant effort. Moving forward to Saturday night football, Packers 49ers, honestly – the team I didn't really want to play out of out of all the teams from yesterday. I know a lot of Packers fans have been saying that, but I think it's true. I don't know. The, the 49ers are, are on the, the scarier 
side for me. They're they're looking really good. Um, it seems like Fred Warner will play. It's a low ankle sprain, not a high ankle sprain, so that's good for him. Jimmy G will probably play. I think he has like a, a shoulder sprain, and then we're not we're not sure about Nick Bosa at the moment. I think he's in concussion protocol, so that's kind of just you got to wait and see with that. Which that would that's a that's a huge loss for for the 49ers if he's not able to play. But I think it's a big deal that it's actually in Lambeau. I think it's a big deal that it's supposed to be very cold. Uh, it actually, today it changed a little bit. There's a chance of snow. I'm not sure what time it'll fall, but I think that's huge was a quarterback like Jimmy G. So I think it being in Lambeau, it being cold, I, there's multiple weeks I looked at Green Bay. It's in, in the negatives this week. It's some great playoff football weather in, in, in Lambeau. So I think I'm going to go Packers. I think the 49ers will cover. I don't know why it's five and a half, to be honest. I think that's kind of a – I think it's more like a field goal game, to be honest. But I, I think the Packers will find a way to win. Jimmy G will make a, a play here and there where he screws his team over, to be honest. And, and the Packers got a hard one on their hands for sure, but I think their offense is good enough and his Bottieri plays well and hopefully Darius and Jari Alexander come back. And I think that's enough to uh, – make that defense good enough. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. I think they have so many players coming back. Zadarius Smith, Jair, Bakhtiari. This team was already a very well put together team and they're only going to get better with those guys coming back. So I think, I think it's going to be close again. This uh, 49ers team, I think has surprised a lot of us just from the way that they've recovered this season. That it was a very rough start uh, in the middle of the season, kind of got a little bit better. And then now they're playing their best football. And it's going to be interesting, though. It's, it, I'm really swinging towards either way, but I think the Packers will take it just because I think they are more talented. They have an MVP in Aaron Rodgers playing. And with Devontae Adams, that connection is virtually in, unstoppable. So uh, the 49ers will have their hands full. And Kyle Shanahan and Matt LaFleur kind of like know each other very well. So it'll be interesting to see how each kind of plays this chess game between this back and forth chess game between one of each, each of them to see who gets the upper hand in uh, certain areas. But I think the Packers at home again, cold weather, they're used to it. I think everything is telling us that the Packers will make it. Um, but if they don't, I think it'll be a complete disaster if they don't. But I just think they're way too talented not to get back to another NFC championship. So I'm going to go Packers win this one again. I'll, I'll say by a, by a touchdown. I think that defense plays very, very well against the 49ers and forces Jimmy G to throw the ball. So I'm going to go with the Packers as well. Yeah, it's, t- it's going to be a great game. I think the biggest thing out of all this, like you talked about, Connor, is that this game is going to be in Lambeau in the frigid cold. I don't know what the temperature is supposed to be, but I'm guessing it's going to be single digits with a wind chill of below 30, probably. It's an exaggeration, but it's probably going to be cold. It's going to be really cold. So, you know, I think that's going to be a massive key for how the 49ers play. I think that they're going to be shocked at first to be playing in that kind of weather, to be completely honest. Uh, I'm going to go with the pa- – I, I would hate to go with – everyone else but I'm going to go with the Packers I think that they're just they're getting all their a lot of their key players back for this game I think Rodgers is on again another another great is has been playing fantastic and honestly he really should be up for MVP in my opinion 
I really think he has a very, very good chance. And I think that's only going to be increased if they continue to make it farther and farther into the playoffs, which as much as I want to say that the 49ers are going to win, I'm going to say the Packers win. But like you guys said, it's going to be close. It's probably going to be 27-24, maybe even a 31-28 maybe. It's going to be a decently scoring game. I'm not going to say it's going to be super high scoring or you know, a complete just defensive brawl where we're scoring, you know, 20 points max or not even in the teens for both teams. So I think the Packers won this one. But again, like you guys said, it's going to be a tough one. I think the 49ers are a good team. And I know that they're going to put up an incredible fight. And this is definitely going to be a team that the Packers just cannot afford to look beyond because 49ers could knock them out if they're not, you know, completely prepared for them. Definitely. I don't think it'll be a the biggest shock in the world if the 49ers pull off an upset. I mean, it, it will be sort of a shock because I think most people are going to pick the Packers to win this game, but it won't be the, the biggest shock in the world if the 49ers, you know, stick to a Kyle Shanahan and just run the ball and play bully ball the entire time. But let's jump to Sunday night football. Bills, Chiefs, I think this should be a heck of a game. I'm worried about the Bills because they're just coming off this game where they're so emotionally invested. You could tell they want to run up the score on them. Like there, there's times where they could slow down and, and run the ball and, you know, churn out the clock. But they didn't care. They're, they were going for the throw uh, against the Patriots last week, and I think that's going to be a big thing. But this team was built to beat the Chiefs. That's their sole goal. That's what you have to do for the past three years to be able to make the Super Bowl, and they haven't been able to do it yet. And I think they'll finally be able to do it. I'm going Bills here. I think Josh Allen will find a way to be able to beat that defense. I think it's a shootout, probably 30, 40 points, possible overtime game. I think it's going to be a classic. I'm really excited. But I'll go Bills here. I think their defense is good enough, and Josh Allen will find a way to maybe finally beat his own defense. Yeah, again, I think this is the game I'm definitely looking um, forward to the most. It's uh, these they played again. They played each other last year, and the Chiefs got the upper hand again in uh, in Arrowhead. But again, I think the Bills will be very motivated, and it'll just make it a, a great game. It's these these teams are very are built very similarly in uh, just offensive uh, offensive um, side of the ball. But again, I think I'm just gonna go with the Chiefs just because. We saw it last week how the Bills kind of suffocated Mac Jones and made him throw the ball to these second, third-tier guys. It, that's far from the case with the Chiefs. They're going to have Tyreek Hill, Miko Harmon out there running a track meet, basically. And then you're going to have Travis Kelsey just getting that dump off, running across the middle, really hurting that def- that Bills defense. So I think the Chiefs just offensively just outmatched the, the Bills defensively, especially with the loss of Tredavious White. I think if he was playing – I might have I might have picked the Bills, um, but because he's not playing, I don't think their corners now can really <clears throat> can really handle or really cover those guys potentially in some one on one matchups. Just the way Andy Reid schemes them open, it's almost it's very difficult to cover. So I'm gonna go with the Chiefs again. I also they're playing at home. I think they'll win by a touchdown or two. Um, they'll they'll get a lead, and then when the Bills don't answer, I think they'll just build it up. So I'm gonna go with the Chiefs this one to get, um, to get the the hand 
an upper hand over the Bills and go back to the, another AFC championship. I'm going to go with the Bills. I think the Bills take this one on the fact that the Chiefs have a porous defense. And I think that they're one of the one of the teams that really invested so much in their offense that they honestly forgot about their defense. I think the Bills, I mean, for the fact of the matter that the Bills beat what the Patriots were the number one scoring defense, if I'm not mistaken, or some they're number one in something, if I'm not, if I'm not completely wrong here. But Fact of the matter is, if the Bills are able to completely obliterate the Patriots like that and just shove them, just shove them to the floor and push them aside, I wouldn't be shocked to see that against maybe not as bad of a game that the Bills just completely wiped the floor with the Chiefs. But I think that the Bills are going to be able to win this one. And is it, I don't know if it's it's tough to say. I want to say it's close, but at the same time, I feel like it might not be. Like it could easily turn into a game where the Bills come out in all three phases and just dominate the Chiefs. I mean, it's a very real possibility the Chiefs are going against one of the toughest defenses in the NFL, even after losing Tredavious White, who has probably been one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL for the last five years, maybe four years, maybe. So I think the Bills are going to take this one. I think they move on to the AFC Championship. I think this is just too good of a team to not win against the Chiefs. And for the Chiefs, again, I feel like it's just a matter of them investing too much on one side of the ball and forgetting to invest on the other side of the ball. Namely, I would say at the linebacker, linebackers and secondary, they really have to upgrade there very quickly. I think that Tyron Matthew is aging fast and as good of a player as he is, he's going to regress and it's going, it's not going to be ugly. It's good. It's not going to be pretty for the chiefs to say the least on defense. So I think the chiefs are a good team, a great team, potentially one of the best teams we've seen in a long time, but it's not the same chiefs team that we saw two seasons ago, three seasons ago when they won the super bowl. So I'm going to take the Bills. I say the Bills take this one and they move on to the AFC championship game. Moving on to the last game of the divisional round. It's kind of a weird one to talk about since we don't know the opponent yet. We'll know in about three out. Well, six hours. The game takes three hours, but we'll know in about six hours. Buccaneers versus the Cardinals or the Rams. And I think I want to go Buccaneers against either of these teams. I, I definitely think against the Rams and the Cardinals, to me, it's more of a toss-up. The Cardinals would be able to find a way to beat the Buccaneers. But I, I'm going to go Buccaneers all the way on both. I think they're a good team. I think they're struggling with some injuries. Obviously, they've struggled with them for a little bit. But I think they're they're the team to not beat in the, the NFC. But I think they're, out of those three teams right there, I think they're the best team out of them, the most consistent and I think, you know, even though Brady doesn't get as long to know his opponent, I think he'll be fine in preparing this week, and he'll find himself in another championship game and possi- possibly another Super Bowl. It's tough because the the winner of the Sunday Wallace, he decide who I'll pick. So um, I assume it's going to be – I think the best team that will give him a run for their money will be the Rams, I think. If the Rams move on, they'll definitely uh, match up better against the Bucs than I think the Cardinals do, just because the Cardinals don't have DeAndre Hopkins, and I don't think he'll be back 
for next week's game. So I think it'll just be hard for them to kind of get any offense going, especially with all that pressure in his face, trying to throw it to Christian Kirk or A.J. Green um, if the Cardinals were to move on. So I, I assume the Rams will win tonight, and I think they just match up better. I think they're just a little bit more talented um, than the, the Bucs are at this point because of all the injuries, obviously, and the questionability of uh, Leonard Fournette if he'll play. Um, but I think, yeah, just I think this is the Rams year, really. I think it has to be just because they went all in on Matt Stafford, all in on Von Miller. They have Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald. It's just the Cooper Cup, the list of stars that they have just goes on and on. And for them to kind of blow it, blow it now would be a, uh, would be a disaster. But to lose in the divisional round, I think it'll still be a disappointment because how much better can you get next year with limited draft capital? Not that much. Uh, um, salary cap, I'd imagine. So I think this has to be their year, and at least they have to at least get to the NFC Championship to give themselves a chance, or else this will look very bad on the organization and possibly Matt Stafford as well. Um, but I think the Rams will take tonight and against the Bucks probably by a touchdown or by like ten points or something. I think I like their chances against the Bucks. I think it's going to be a good game. Honestly, I'm very excited to see how this game plays out. Again, it's going to be a game that goes down to the wire. I think both of these teams have great offenses. I would say the Rams probably have the better defense, in my opinion. And for that reason alone, I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Rams in this one. I think that the Cardinals were a great team for the work for the first what 12, 13 weeks of the season and looked like a team that could easily that could make the Super Bowl and potentially win it. And now I don't know that. And for that reason alone, I'm going to say that the I think that the Rams are just the better team right now. I think that they're in better form. They're the hotter team right now. And as much as I want to say Matt Stafford, it's probably I would say Kyler Murray is the better quarterback than Matt Stafford. But I think that Matt Stafford also has better players at his disposal on offense, and I think that defense can also hold up against that Cardinals offense, which is pretty good, in my opinion. So I'm going to take the Rams, but again, it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be a great game to watch, honestly. Uh, but yeah, Rams take this one, and I think they'll move on to the divisional, in my in my opinion. And then in the divisional, Rams or Buccaneers, Patrick, who would you go there? That's going to be, again, that's going to be a great game. I think there's a lot. I think this NFL playoffs is probably going to be one of the best that we've seen in a couple of years, at least, honestly. I mean, we've had some incredible games so far, and it's only been the wild, it's only been super wild card weekend. So I'm very excited to see where the rest of this playoff goes. I think there is going to be some discussion about how the playoffs are formatted, uh, probably getting rid of the seven seed, in my opinion, because I really don't see a, a reason for it. Uh, I think. We saw what happened the seven seeds yesterday. Both of them got killed. And, you know, I don't really think there is a real reason for them to be, or seven seeds to be in existence, in my opinion. So I would say Rams Bucks can be a good one. I'm going to say Tom, I'm going to say the Buccaneers win just because they're going to get back a couple of key players. Uh, namely Leonard Fournette's going to be a huge help back to the team and helping to establish that running game as well. Levante David's going to be a little bit healthier. Devin White's going to be a little bit healthier. 
Uh, I think they're who else? Carlton or Carlton Dean, if I'm not mistaken, if, if that's the name, I forget. Uh, I think all the those three players are going to be a bit healthier and a bit more fit. And I think that the Bucs do take this one as much as I want to, as much as I want to say the Rams win, the Buccaneers are the better team on, uh, they're more complete on offense and more complete on defense. So I'm going to take the Buccaneers and they move on to the NFC championship. All right. Well, there you have it. Our recap of super wildcard weekend and preview of the divisional round. We are looking at a very good NFL playoff, especially this divisional round and this uh, Monday night football game should be very good as well. This has been first and moose with Manny Patrick and myself. You can catch us next week, recapping a divisional round and previewing each divisional championship. I mean, each conference championship. It's been first and moose. Thank you for listening.